0: Hello Chinyamaji family. Amidst these trying times, we are back again this week to bring you hope for a greater tomorrow with amazing stories from the Nairobi ecosystem. This week we had the privilege of hosting Ali Hussein, CEO of Kipochi. He started his tech journey at Toyota Motors as a market analyst, where he learned the power of technology. Coming from a business-oriented family, his entrepreneurial journey was deep-rooted in him from an early age. This is his story, and you definitely don't want to miss out on this. Enjoy the podcast. How are you guys doing, Chini Maji family? This is your host, Mark Karaki. Super excited to, ha- to be bringing you yet another episode of the podcast. Uh, this is the second week of, I guess, what we would call trying times in the global landscape. Uh, this is uh, the second week when we are all holed up in our respective homes and working from home mode. So we are recording the podcast um, remotely, and I'm super excited for the guests that we have this week. A gentleman who is not easy to, to to pin down mr ali hussein is on the podcast today ali how you doing
1: i'm doing great mark thank you so much for this invite uh humbled to be yeah. to be talking to you on this yeah listen
0: um you're a busy busy guy and i um, really excited to kind of have you here because you have a wide-ranging experience in business uh, locally here in, in the ecosystem in general. So, um, I will attempt to introduce you based on you know what I know about you, based on your your what you've done and what you're doing. Yeah. So, Ali Hussein is the co- CEO and co-founder at Kipochi, uh, and has an advisor to on multiple boards across so many different types of company, and also very passionate about the tech ecosystem in Africa in general. So. That is kind of the headline that that I know about. Early have I have I kind of touched on the the headline properly? Have I have I hit the nail on Perfect. the head there?
1: Perfectly, Mark. Perfectly.
0: Awesome. So why don't we just hand it over to you and kind of break it apart for us? You know, tell us what pochi cool. is and tell us a little bit about you know all the boards that you you sat on and and that experience, and we can take it from there.
1: So, Mark, I think. Uh, um, I wouldn't be doing justice if I don't uh, maybe spend a minute or two talk about my entrepreneurial journey and where I got the entrepreneurial bug because even when I was employed I always had this you know this passion this zest for you know delving into things that um, that I knew uh, you know i come from an uh, an entrepreneurial family uh, from my great-grandfather um, down at the cost uh, to my dad who you know ran probably the only two one of the only two saw milling uh, enterprises down at the cost and um, mm-hmm. i still remember in our high school though do- in our high school days my bro and i you know, we would we'll drop our books on Friday evenings and head states. We used to live in Mombasa then, but the sawmill was in Kilifi. We would drop our books on a Friday evening straight from school and get on a bus and head to Kilifi to spend, you know, to spend the weekend at the at the sawmill and at the farm helping helping the old man run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know. Um, I sort of believe that uh, that's where I got my my passion for entrepreneurship and you know for starting businesses. Uh, so mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I left when I when I graduated now uh, you know fast forward to uni after graduating uh, I got married and uh, my wife then. Um, Got a job in Nairobi, and you know we had this long discussion about leaving what I'm doing at the family business, and you know trying out my uh, sort of creating my own path. So that's how we moved back to Nairobi, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, various jobs. Um, but for me, the most pivotal jobs, the most pivotal job that I worked on that sort of started me on the tech journey was being recruited by Toyota Motor Corporation. Then the franchise holder was a company called Lone Motors as a Mm -hmm. market analyst. And I still recall the first time that uh, I got onto the internet. Um, This was way back in 90s. Five ninety-six when uh, Africa Online. I don't know whether you still remember Africa Online.
0: Uh, yeah, I remember um, that name. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry you're you're probably gonna hear a bit of background noise with my kids all over that's the place.
0: But, really but that's really finally everybody knows the situation we're really.
1: <laughs> so in. Yes, that's okay. the life we are living in right now, working from home and all that. So um so I got recruited to be a market analyst at Africa owner at uh, Toyota Motor Corporation. And my job sort of evolved to become um, also a stock controller, the guy who sort of tracks all the motor vehicles from assembly, from uh, manufacturing back at Toyota City to back in to, to Kenya, from Mombasa to the assembly plant, You know, to our showrooms. showrooms. I mean, it was an exciting time. And uh, at that point, we used to track all this using Excel. Sorry, not Mm -hmm. Excel. Lotus123. The
0: first email. (laughs) The first
1: first spreadsheet, I think. Lotus123. Yeah, that's
0: right. You know, actually, that's interesting. (laughs) I think the founder of Lotus. Lotus is, um, what's his name? I've actually met this gentleman, uh, uh, Mitch Kapoor.
1: Yes. He actually ran,
0: uh, Absolutely.
1: And then mm-hmm. it was acquired by IBM.
0: IBM, yeah. Then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah so, you know, Lotus 123. And by the way, uh, it was DOS based. Eh? There was no Windows then. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this sort of introduced me to the to the amazing uh, world of technology and what it can do to help um, to help businesses you know uh, uh, do stuff that was almost you know uh, unbelievable at that time you know uh, thinking back and um, in retrospect you know i smile at myself looking at what we used to do with uh, DOS-based applications, when today you have all these artificial intelligence, machine learning, and stuff like that. Anyway, um, my time at Toyota was super pivotal for me. I mean, uh, working with um, a gentleman based in uh, uh, Toyota City that time. I still remember that gentleman's name. I mean, he was probably my first mentor. Mr. Uh, Kondo-san. Mm-hmm. Kondosan used to push me like, you can't believe, you know. He would <laughs> want those market analy- an- analysis Report, reports huh? about the market in Kenya, new vehicles, used vehicles, parts. I mean, the working culture, you know, of Making sure that you had your reports on time, and guess what? Uh, you know, I came from a background work uh, uh, in uni at KU when I uh, university the first time I got introduced to computers, huge computers with floppy disks. And I tell you, Mark, the term mm-hmm. floppy really meant floppy. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Not, <laughs> you, know, <that> <laughs> you know those those seven inch things right. that you I have to be those. super careful. You have to be super careful about otherwise, you know, uh, they are so delicate. But you know, absolutely. That was the beginning. So I really got my chops understanding work culture and uh, understanding the power of technology working with Toyota. <laughs> Right, and then, the question uh, for you, um, yeah, Ali,
0: in in terms of you know, you you you've kind of given me some some given us some something to understand, you know, your your legacy or this way you're coming from, your genesis yeah. into the yeah. world of business, and so yeah. you come from a small background where your family was in business, and so maybe Correct. that gave you an appreciation for business ownership. It Correct. imparted in what what would you say were the key things that coming from a business family. May have given you uh, obviously you don't have a control experiment where you didn't come you know you, that's all you know but are you able to actually say you know what this is what this provided for me from a mindset perspective or any any tools that uh, that you took into that you've, you've taken into your into your life to help you become who you are
1: I think for me <coughs> sorry about that for me one of my I think the key take home for me working with my dad and working at a family business <clears throat> And then, uh, you know, transitioning to working at a major corporate like Toyota, is that I know this may sound a cliche, but um, there's no failure in life. There's only mm-hmm. experiment. There's only experimentation and learning. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, it only becomes failure when you stop learning and you stop trying. And I think for me, that is, that is the most fundamental lesson I take from my ex, from my earlier experiences. And that drives me up to today. Uh, you know, well, I have let me ask you this, several. Yeah.
0: Let, let me ask you this. So that, yeah. that, that topic right there is that perspective. I wouldn't say it's a very, it's not the most popular perspective in, in our now part of the world. We are very what? averse popular uh, Perspective: people don't necessarily hold that as a as a as a belief system in, in our part of the world, because we're a very risk-averse society. You know, everybody is expected to do the education thing and then go and get a stable, steady job. And the idea of taking risk is, is to go and start your own thing. Um, people are very scared of failure.
1: So, um, so Mark, here's the thing. Not everyone is an entrepreneur. Not everyone is a business person. Uh, there, there's a reason why there are far less business owners than employees. You know, you, and there's no right or wrong around this question, Mark. Uh, you know, you, you must, you must, you must be able to find, to find what the equilibrium and what works best for you. And, uh, you know, I also don't subscribe to the point of view that it's either or. You know, they are super successful entrepreneurs who have delved straight from uh, from uh, from university and the proverbial, you know, uh, dorm or garage startup. Uh, mentality and have, they have been successful. But let's be honest, Mark, those are one in a billion. How many Mark Zuckerbergs are there? Yeah, I That's what I'm referring to. Yes.
0: Yeah, what, what I'm kind of talking about in general is more the cultural mood or the zeitgeist, right? <clears throat> if you, there's actually a very interesting, um, documentary on on youtube you can find it that that mm. covers the tel aviv ecosystem
1: mm. in israel
0: and one of the things i took away from that is mm. the notion that in their culture mm. right mm. taking risk is embraced culturally speaking of course not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur that that's true mm. Mm. but there is this notion that what is the mood of the place what is kind of like accepted right in society Right. If you take a risk and you fail, like you say, how do people respond to that around you? Or if you even start embarking on that journey, is there like even moral support? Do people actually get behind you, or are people kind of, you know what I'm saying? So, what I'm referring to is
1: more of a cultural thing than an individual thing. I I, uh, I I would I would humbly sort of disagree a little bit on that because look, if you look if you look at our if you look at our culture. Uh, and um, you know, if you zero in in the on the African culture, uh, have we been risk takers uh, historically, or have we been risk averse?
0: I if think we need you know, there.
1: So, <laughs> so, 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 uh, coming coming from my own, I wouldn't. I would like to not you know sort of uh bring this issue out generally because sometimes we do forget even as kenyans as africans we have different cultures so i would like to maybe talk about my own background you know uh from my own background as swahili and by the way you know uh, that's my one of my pet uh, uh, peeves or pet subjects, which is not a uh, a subject of this conversation today, but uh, you know you and I can have a, a drink of coffee uh, some time and we can talk about it. But the Swahili culture, the coastal culture, has mm-hmm. been one of entrepreneurship, has been one of trade. You know uh, the Swahili's are, have been pivotal for hundreds of years in terms of connecting Africa to the global trade. All right, so for me, that is something that's deeply ingrained in me as a person. As uh, let me ask you
0: this: let me ask you this then. Yeah. Um, why then is the coast right now? Uh, not as vibrant, to, enough to reflect that that background,
1: right? because uh, if you look at the
0: country right now so, economically,
1: so not a not as, as vibrant from whose point of view. See, um, tech is not the only conversation. So tech is not the only conversation going on in this country. You know, for example. Um, did you know that uh, the fmcg sector i mean right now i'm involved in a in a in a startup that is automating the fmcg value chain and that's another conversation for another day but one thing that we've discovered is that 60 to 70 percent of that ecosystem the distributors the merchants the wholesalers are either Indian or muslims from the coast And, so, and the point being, so the 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 point that I know broadly we are talking about the tech ecosystem, but I I think the tech uh, the tech ecosystem in this country cannot be uh, discussed uh, sort of. Um, uh, on an island it's not on its own it's connected you know so when you're talking about uh, soccer watch for example they are connecting the fmcg sector if you're talking about uh uh, one of the startups that i'm working on right now that is still sort of uh uh hush hush at dukaray you know we we are connecting we are already connecting the uh, FMCG ecosystem from manufacturers to the Dukas. Uh, when you're talking about uh, uh, Twiga, you're talking about enabling the agricultural sector. you know so uh, tech in itself is an enablement. Um, when you're talking about fintech, you're talking about quote unquote quote unquote disrupting the uh, you know current uh financial uh services uh players so you taking in itself is not is is not an end to itself it is something that is used to connect dots across the economic uh uh landscape
0: Yeah, I, I have never had any other pers- perspective other than that. Um, right. I would completely agree with you on that. Yeah. Um. I, I guess the, so. Let's let's people and talk a little bit about your what you're yeah. working on right now. So it's so, so your CEO and co-founder
1: of Kipochi. So what do you guys do at Kipochi? So Kipochi basically is. Um, Kipochi was born out of my deep feelings that the financial services ecosystem uh, hasn't even scratched the surface to actually enable not just Kenyans, Africans to access proper financial services, not just lending, not just, you know, uh, savings, but, you know, across the board. So our main focus is the Section of financial services that seem to really not have embraced technology for various reasons. And I'm talking about the small microfinance institutions, I'm talking about the small circles, I'm talking about the circles that still do more or less stable banking. So let me just give you a scenario. Last year, Uh, groups and circles saved about 766 billion shillings savings in this country Mm -hmm. where is that money going so mark if you if you are a member of a circle today and you apply for a loan say a million shillings from a circle where does that money go when you get that money when that circle check or sends you that money where does that money go so that money doesn't been. stay within the circle ecosystem more often than not it goes into your bank account so it moves from the mm-hmm. circle ecosystem into your formal bank account why do you think that's the case and I'm not going to answer that question you tell me. because I, I'm not going to answer that question because that question is answered by what we are planning, what we are, what we are doing as Kipochi. In in a nutshell, we are building a digital banking ecosystem that will address that issue. And that ecosystem is based on an open source co banking platform and omnichannel platform called Mifos. And Mifos was born out of grameen bank grameen bank as you may well know is the grandfather of microfinance across the world uh, muhammad Yunus even won um, uh you know a Nobel prize based on his work uh in uh, microfinance uh, in bangladesh so we I serve on the board of uh, Mifos uh, as as a uh, you know as a, an advisor on the global board, and the more I dwelt into the conversation around Mifos, the more I saw the need to ensure that we create an ecosystem. Remember, and I'm emphasizing ecosystem as opposed to platform, because platform sort of alludes to ownership to somebody owning something like uh, you know uh, the google platform the google uh, the facebook platform uh, an ecosystem alludes to players coming in and playing on an equal playing field um so i know it's what i call my big hairy audacious goal but this is something that is I very, very deeply uh, believe that this is something that can be done and should be done to uh, cool, I, that, that's actually, I'm to interesting. enable um, that ecosystem. Let, let yeah.
0: me really just quick. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Mark. Yeah, so
0: quick question around, you know, how would you... Yeah, I was just going to ask. So how would you rate... Um, you know, Nairobi's uh, tech ecosystem's performance over the last 10 years, right? That's on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, you know, we've built many, many, many companies, you know, that are successful. And one being we're kind of maybe built one one or two. How would you rate our the, the performance of the ecosystem over the last 10, 15 years? Because you've been around, you've seen it develop. What would you score at the performance there?
1: I would... Uh... I would give it seven and a half I would have given it I would actually have given it ten, but uh, i'm I'm holding the seven and I'm holding the seven and a half for for two main reasons uh, one of the reasons one of the key reasons and this is something that is kind of controversial, but I don't mind delving into mm-hmm. controversy and in this this particular issue is that we don't have enough local investors playing in this space okay Mm -hmm. so like i have had experience fundraising with local investors and i have had i've been i have been successful in in a number of ways raising money locally it's harder but somebody must start doing it um the other the other the other reason why i'm saying uh we need to do a lot more is how we engage with policy and regulator policymakers and regulators Uh, my deep conviction is that today disruption doesn't only come from competitors and technology disruption also comes in the form of policy and regulatory measures they used to be that three things in life were a given life taxes and death please add the fourth one regulation you cannot <laughs> you. you cannot yeah. get away from it uh and hiding our heads in the sand and thinking that we can deal with regulators individually as entrepreneurs is really really very sad and that's the reason why i am at the forefront of uh the kenya fintech association which is information uh we currently have 60 members Sixty founding members uh, we are putting together our uh, basic documentation for um, application, but of course the coronavirus has sort of put a put a break onto that, but we will revisit it immediately we get out of this out of this crisis God willing um, so back to my scoring seven and a half percent I think we could do a lot more uh, with more local uh investors and more engagement with policymakers you have seen the beating that the uh, so called digital lenders in this country have taken from policymakers and regulators but here is what people are not discussing mark did you mm-hmm. know did you know and I am happy to be quoted on this. Hundred times. Did you know that ninety-three percent of all mobile lending comes from regulated entities, not the Talas and the branches? Did you know that?
0: I'm sure you're gonna tell tell us about it. Um, I'm not in the fintech space that deeply, so
1: so so. Uh, yeah. so I'm sure you've been following the negative press that digital lending has been has been uh, has been given in this country. But uh, if the regulators and the policymakers took one look and looked at the empirical evidence of where the money is coming from, from these lenders, they would have taken a step back and said, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. What are the interventions? That need to be done uh, and Mark I mean I would like to stop there because we can go on and on about this because I think the reason why I brought this up is that not an entrepreneur uh, cannot do this on his own but coming together we can address and have a seat at the table because here's my other favorite uh uh, topic if you don't have a seat at the table at the restaurant you are most likely to be on the menu that's
0: that's that's plausible
1: so make sure that you have a seat at the table you have a conversation around where your industry is going and how you can improve your lot and at the same time contribute to the development of this country so policy and regulatory engagement for me is has been and will continue to be a critical component of who i am uh, and who um, i will be going forward as as a business partner and as an entrepreneur
0: so, so let me ask you this, Ali, you know, there's been a lot of energy um, uh-huh. that has gone into people trying to build all kinds of solutions over the last 10 years. And uh-huh. for some of the reasons you have mentioned, right, that people have not been able to be successful, uh-huh. a lack of funding, um, you know, lack of, uh, I guess, a, f- a forward-facing regulatory environment that can enable some of these things to, to come to bear. Uh-huh. What else do you think is missing? in terms of clearing the landscape or the runway for people who are working so hard to actually try and bring innovation to bear? What, what else is missing in the ecosystem?
1: Mark, look, I think we need to sort of evolve our own way of looking at our ecosystem. Not everything coming out of Silicon Valley uh, fits in. Uh, there used to be, when I used to work at Three Mice, uh, and I would say one of the earliest start tech startups in this country, uh, we never thought about funding. Let me tell you, Mark. The best, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong again, but I can tell you for free, the best funding that you can get is paying customers what we today call traction so even as we are looking for funding we must we must be able to to sort of ground our businesses in having a product or a service that people are actually paying for or are willing
0: so at I least we, to pay for. So would you say that Sorry? people have not been focused on that per se? Is that is that a problem people have had not focusing I don't on
1: think I don't think we focused team? enough of it. I can tell you that um there are startups, or so-called, uh, you know, mid-sized companies in this country that you will probably never hear about in the technology space, that have not received a single shilling in funding. For example, I, I am an advisor in a mid-sized uh, enterprise ERP uh, solution provider in this country that has a solid footing in the education sector. They have about 50 universities that run their ERP now. This is a company, Mark, that is not a systems integrator, is not a distributor for the big boys, uh, SAP, Microsoft, uh, you know, all the big ERP players Oracle they don't sell Oracle products they don't sell Microsoft products they don't sell SAP products this is a company that owns its own IP ERP for unit for educational institutions and they are profitable and they have been profitable for the 5 6 years now and they are growing at a 30 40% clip every year and guess what they have not received a single shilling from any vc not in kenya not anywhere in the world those are the kind of businesses i love to hear about those are the kind of businesses i like to get involved in you know um and i'm i'm, I'm not saying the sexy stuff you know of raising 20 million dollars 30 million dollars 20 million dollars is wrong no i'm not saying that i i'm i'm saying there is another side of the tech ecosystem, the tech startup in this country that nobody talks about, or at least most people don't talk about, right? This um, startup that I'm telling you, that I have mentioned uh, in the FMCG that I'm also involved in uh, automating the FMCG space, has seen in the last two years that we have been in operation, Has seen about maybe two hundred million dollars plus pass through that ecosystem.
0: So are
1: they
0: are they competitive to transactions? Is that sorry? Yeah. Are they competitive to Trigger Foods? Is that what or or any of the other players who are entering that space?
1: Um I Honestly, Mark, I don't want to pigeonhole ourselves uh, because we, we we believe, by the way, we have much better traction than these other players. But we don't talk about it. Uh, I, I like that. They, I, I like,
0: like <laughs> I like I like that kind of story because you 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 know you it's you need multiple players in a space so that no, uh,
1: I I firmly believe in the blue ocean strategy. I I don't want to say I don't want to pigeonhole myself here. This is where we are. This is where Trigger is, this is where Soccer Watch is. No, no, no. I I think we are playing in a much, much bigger space. Uh and I'll leave it at that because my partners probably wouldn't want me to talk more more than I've just said. So the 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 cool, well listen, is... um
0: we're we kind of coming close so, here to, to wrapping up.
1: I, I oh guess my, God. my, my
0: mm-hmm. question That's is five minutes have yeah, gone. I'm... Yeah. So I, I would say, what, what are some of the takeaways or, or, or you know, uh, tips that you'd give to anybody who's um, working on an on a, on a entrepreneurial project or looking to, to get started? What are some of the tips you would you'd, you'd offer?
1: Okay, first, first I'll go with the personal because uh, my entrepreneurial journey has cost me dearly on a personal level. Mm. Uh, And I would say that if I don't pass on some of my learnings to people uh, who work in this ecosystem like myself, then what was the point of me going through these experiences? So the choice of your life partner as Mm. an entrepreneur is probably more important than the choice of your business partner. Let me repeat this, Mark, because this is very important. Mm -hmm. The choice of your life partner, who becomes or who you want to be, your wife, your husband, or your partner at home, Mm -hmm. is probably more important than the choice of your business partner or what we call your co-founder.
0: So, so let me ask you a question. Maybe you can give it a little bit more color there, right? Am, what can, I'm, I'm what about to do color- that.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm about to do that. See, Mark, mm. when you've come from coding or knocking on doors, looking for customers, uh, when you've come from a you know, 12-hour day, your home needs to be your sanctuary
0: no question <laughs> no question about that
1: so if you are about to shut down and you are thinking twice about going home because your partner is gonna ask uh where's the milk today uh what's going on what the hell have you been doing so the reason why i'm saying this is very important <laughs> you know we 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 don't think about this small we, we, we don't talk about we don't talk about themselves. them we think we think they're small, but they are the most, they're the most fundamental thing. So before, you, before you're entering this journey, before you think you're going to be a superstar uh, CEO or entrepreneur, have a sit down with this person who is going to be your partner and have a candid conversation. Right. And then you ask yourself, is this partner more important than my entrepreneurial journey? Because those are the hard questions you're going to have to ask yourself. There are too many broken relationships and broken marriages because of the journeys we take as entrepreneurs. And we don't don't talk about them. We don't talk about them. We don't talk about them enough. So for me, I think that's... That is a lesson. Uh, It has cost me. I don't Mm -hmm. need to go into more detail than that. Uh, uh, Those lessons we must talk about. And by the way, we must have support groups to discuss these things. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is, again, uh, failure. I hear people talking about failure is not an option. It's it's not a zero-sum game, Mark. You will, mm-hmm. let me assure you, let me guarantee you, you will fail and you will fail again. But the question is, do you take it as failure or do you take it as lessons learned and moving it to the next iteration of your professional life, be it as an employee, be it as a as an entrepreneur? The other thing that is critical, Mark, is this is something that we, a lot of us do, in the space, but also a lot of us also don't do. And mm. uh, I, I know again, it's become sort of a cliche, paying it forward. What are you doing? What, a big... what percentage of your time are you taking to actually improve? The lot or the space or the ecosystem that you work in. The analogy is very simple. If you have a multi-story super mansion and you you have it plonked in the middle of Kibera, and you don't care about your environment or the people who live around you, guess what is going to happen very quickly? You're going to be on a Sunday enjoying your your uh you know your grill with your friends and all the nice smells around kibira are going to be floating into your lawn and you will most likely not be enjoying that grill or that drink with your friends so take care of your environment around you and then when i when i talk about the environment i don't mean literally the environment i mean the space have time for younger entrepreneurs have time for your people who you' are, who you have you have employed or you are working with have time for your co-founders because after all what is life without having the people you care about actually doing well with you when you're doing well
0: that's that's very true and you know what we'll, we'll wrap it up with that Ali um, those three lessons you know, you know. life partner is critical um and then failure is not fatal it's a lesson and then finally um paying it forward right yeah, uh, being yeah. somebody with a big heart and remembering that you know uh, success is really in my view is measured by how many people's lives are better off because you lived uh, and you're only happy when you're giving when you're giving back so uh, thank you so much for taking the time I'd uh, to be here with us
1: Thanks, Matt, for uh, inviting me for this chat.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we should do it again when when we are when we can sit face to face and kind of really dig into some 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 more um, war stories. I'm, I'm sure you have a ton. Happy. to. Um, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking the time, Ali. All
1: right. Cheers. Thanks.